1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime. It's myself, Colin Kelly, and of course, I am joined by the one, the only Sean Siegel. And we are continuing our live draft against 11 of the Road of His Overtime community as we draft in the $35 FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament. We are through 14 rounds, 14 selections in the books. We have Joe Borrow, Jonathan Taylor, T. Higgins, Ramondre Stevenson, Kyle Pitts, Chris Godwin, Jahan Dodson, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. Elijah Moore, Rashad Penny, Greg Dulcich, Sky Moore and Taequann Thornton through those selections. So we've made decisions throughout this draft that will impact what we do in these final rounds. The final rounds is a part where some people may not pay as much attention to, but we talk about drafting from back to front. We talk about all the different options that will be there in the back rounds, and that is where that information will come in to be advantageous for us. We'll see what available players will be there and how that will see out the last you know kind of five six rounds of this draft and see how our 20 player team will look at that point i'm excited to see how it plays out it is going to be a challenge again as i mentioned drafting against the Rotoviz Overtime Community, when they kind of know step-by-step what we're hoping to do, what we're trying to achieve with our draft, and they're using the tools up on rotoviz.com. It is a a challenge as we go through this draft room, but one that really sharpens your skills as a drafter. If you're interested in using those tools over at rotoviz.com and you haven't signed up yet, you can use the code RBRADIO2023 at checkout to save yourself 10% off a one-year Rotoviz NFL pass. Get you access to all of the content and tools up on the website. We did pass on Mike Gusecki in that last round. We did go with Taequann Thornton. That's going to lead into some potential challenges over these next couple of rounds to see what we do. But Sean has some thoughts here on who we should be potentially taking in round 15. So without any further ado, let's get back to the draft.
2: Colin, that puts us in a little bit more of an under-pressure situation here i think that wandale is interesting might not come back around roshan johnson has stayed out there he's someone who i mean maybe third in the pecking order right now but i mean it's not hard to envision a scenario where he is the running back one for the bears and that the bears running backs are averaging like six yards to carry he's someone we could look at other
1: names that might pop up to you i think they're the ones that are in play the other name i haven't seen talked about much at all this offseason comeback from injuries darnell mooney obviously they have more there as well but he has really fallen off in terms of where his adp was last year um you mentioned uh, wendell robinson possibly not getting around i think that's a, a fair part of the conversation but i think johnson stands out for the price at this point
2: point. and he does allow us to address running back when you're in a wide receiver heavy room it's easy to be really focusing on the wide receivers and lose track of the fact that actually that's not where your positional need is right we're up to six wide receivers that was only our fourth running back column devin singletary goes one pick after he was the other name that we probably should have been looking at right there but i like having a guy in johnson who even though we were mildly skeptical of his prospect profile and someone who never really took a major step behind Bijan robinson The fact that he goes to the Bears and then suddenly nobody cares when he was one of the trendiest backs pre-NFL draft. I mean, I think that the trendiness was probably a little overstated. I also think getting him at these prices is a little bit odd. It's certainly something that at least presents some upside.
1: Yeah, and I think when we're looking at some of these rookies at this point, like there's a lot of names that are going to go in this range that are, you know, we're looking at players who may return value, you know, in the fifth round at a 13th round ADP. But when you're looking at some of these rookie options, you're looking for players that are going to absolutely smash. And he kind of fits in to that for me. I, I think that the Bears, you know, the we can't be completely bought in. We obviously like Justin Fields, but there's still a lot of questions around how the passing game is going to develop there, for example. But I think the, the run game has a, a huge amount of potential. The other name, Sean, though, for me that, it's very hard there to pass up. And I was going to get your thoughts on it. Is as Roshan Johnson is going right at the same kind of spot as Dante Foreman. Then Khalil Herbert's obviously going that little bit earlier. Um than both of those guys. How do you think that depth chart is going to shake out? Uh, it feels to me like you know, Foreman has as good a chance as anyone to to win out that backfield. I think then in PPR leagues, you're that's why you're looking here at, at Herbert going that little bit earlier.
2: I agree with you from a talent perspective. I do think that when you have a guy that the staff has seen play and he's that dynamic that they already know what he brings and they're thinking "Now we need depth behind him or in addition to him. So then you look at it as what's the difference between a free agent selection and a draft pick in both cases, the team has said, this is the guy that we like. But when you're talking about a young player that a team uses a draft pick on as opposed to a player who is simply added for not very much money in free agency you have a bigger statement i think in the draft you have a young guy the younger players the players with the widest range of outcomes because we don't know what they're going to do yet at the nfl level i think that those are the guys who have the slight edge now i think that herbert clearly has the edge overall and should be going first but i do like taking roshan as the second player even though foreman is someone who came into the nfl as a better prospect i think than people realized and then he fought through all of the things that happened to him he came back and is now an above average nfl running back and yet i mean really signing with the bears was about as bad a spot as he could have ended up in in terms of how everything worked out in the end
1: yeah, and again, when we're looking at, you know, I, I know there's a chance that he has a great season, his Foreman I'm talking about, but we're looking about players who, when we get to 2023, the ADP could just be completely different for them, like Foreman's a 27-year-old running back, going to be 28 next year, that's not going to be the case for him, but if Johnson comes in and, and hits over 1,000 yards here, we can see him move up quite considerably for next year, and again, that's somebody who could lead into being that league winner for you. Since that pick, Sean, it's Singletary, Thielen, Mooney, Hyatt, Hayden Hurst, Raheem Mostert, Foreman himself goes off the board, then uh, Taysom Hill, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashid Shaheed. then we get Josh Downs. So we're one selection away at this point, Sean. Wendell Robinson is still there, and he makes it to us, which is something I didn't think would happen, and I'm very pleased about. I'm, I'm on the Wendell Robinson camp here. We do have some of those tight ends that we mentioned, but are you happy to go Robinson here? I think it has to be Robinson. I think that at the receiving position, he's
2: more or less the last of the really dynamic options. Now, DJ Chark could be the wide receiver one for the Carolina Panthers. Isaiah Hodgins could be the wide receiver one for the Giants. And we've had other Giants already selected here. John Mechie could be the wide receiver one for the Panthers. And yet you're looking at passing games for those guys where – The overall level should just be so, so low. With Robinson, you're really dealing with that injury. As soon as he is ready to go, he's almost certainly the wide receiver one for the Giants. And because he is both an elite underneath threat and someone who can potentially stretch the defense, when we're looking at the second half of the season, and especially now that we're deep into round 16, you can take a little bit more of a risk with some of those plays, or you're thinking to the future a little bit more, I mean, he's the guy, again, who could be a tournament winner if if we get to November and he hasn't played a snap yet, then you're really regretting that pick. And yet, Wondell Robinson, in part, I think, because the fantasy community never really got just how good he was in his final year in college, and that where the Giants technically reached to pick him, I say technically, just, I mean, that's the perception you had guys like you know all of the players from that little group that went later that thornton pickens sky Moore, alec pierce group and Wandale goes ahead of those guys he probably should have gone ahead of all of those guys other than george pickens the giants add quantity but not quality at the position and if there's one guy who emerges and becomes the real driver of that offense through the air i have to think it's Wondell.
1: Sean, you mentioned they added quantity. There is certainly a quantity of wide receivers in New York. So here is some of the names we have: Isaiah Hodgson. to out of all these guys, Hodgson and and Robinson are the two that I like the most. But they added Jalen Hyatt in the draft. They have uh, Darius slayton is still there. Sterling Shepard is still there. Paris Campbell came in from the Colts. Wendell Robinson, James Crowders, coming from the Buffalo Bills. There is a variety of other names that I don't think are going to have an impact. Then they also have uh darren waller added in as well and, and bellinger who I, I liked last year as a rookie there is I, I don't know if there's going to be an actual like what we look at as a, a true wide receiver one on the the giants there's probably two to three of those guys that are kind of some sort of fantasy impact that probably are going to fall in that wide receiver tree category but are, are they the two guys for you that are standing out do you think when the the depth chart settles as high as somebody who can push both those guys there's just so many <laughs> So many options in New York. it's uh, a read really mismatch of wide receivers. Well, we're getting some buzz for
2: Darren Waller in the early off season. And I mean, it's easy to forget just how good he was when he was at his peak a couple of years ago. It's a weird decision for the Raiders to make to kind of go in a different direction when they need talent. And yet you get the new coach in there and you want to turn over all the guys, and you want to get your guys in there they now have michael mayer so they've got the young tight end instead of the old tight end one of the things here is that darren waller has a pretty aggressive adp in round six as the tight end seven i guess i would be just as skeptical about him staying healthy as one and so for me that's kind of a tough selection there even though i love waller's talent i, mean, I think that he might be i mean the guy who is a threat to travis kelsey from the talent perspective if everything works properly but when i'm looking at the giants and how congested the receiving core is that's one of those teams where i want to take a high talent guy at a great price i don't want to risk any of the early prices on the different players so that's where we get to robinson we did like jalen hyatt his peripherals very very impressive his speed i mean he's somebody who is going to get behind the defense it's a little bit surprising in a way we had a lot of great college football analysts on OT during the draft time period. And many of them were skeptical of Jalen Hyatt because of the offense that Tennessee ran. And yet you think about what he did to Alabama, I mean, I think he's going to be able to do some of that at the NFL level. So Hyatt, definitely an interesting selection as well.
1: We are a couple of picks away now before it comes back to us again, Sean. And this is an area, you know, we mentioned some of the potential um tight ends that we might like and although there is other names in front of henry i think we can probably still hold off and wait on him but um there's not a, a huge amount of other names of interest at the tight end position left wide receiver you mentioned dj chart previously he is available as we approach this next selection and then quite a number of potential running back options you know we have the minnesota vikings guys in there that are the you know mcbride and chandler also Israel Abana in there. Anyone taking your interest here, Sean? I don't have a strong lean either way at this point. I think this probably has to come down
2: to Zach Evans and Chase Brown. And Chase Brown has been the trendier and more popular player. He's the more expensive player by a couple of rounds. The only thought that I have there is that Travion Williams seems to be at least as good a way to play that offense and gives us a guy that we can select late I don't feel the same way about the Rams, even though there obviously are other names on their dub chart as well.
0: I'll let you make the call. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: So, Colin, we do take Zach Evans there. Just to sort of refresh where we are at the tight end position, we're looking at Hunter Henry and then a couple of deep names in Luke Musgrave and Jelaney Woods because Noah Fant does go at the 16-10. Rookie running backs, I think, are interesting here in Abana Kanda and Dwayne McBride. He's someone that everyone should be paying attention to following the release of Dalvin Cook. But in the same way that Travion is perhaps a just simply better way to play the Bengals running back room and that he has all of that experience. And one of the things that just always pops back out to me is that Travion was an excellent college football player in doing research for a variety of different articles. We'll be in there playing with the Sports Info Solutions college football tool that we Use in a lot of our prospect research and then working with different models projecting guys to the NFL and you go back through and you look at some of the names and Travion because he hasn't played hardly at all as an NFL player since he finished at Texas A&M you're thinking well where can the ceiling possibly be this is a similar situation to Chris Evans where he was very trendy but never really does anything and that's because he is not a true nfl player well evans was someone who also struggled in college and it's a difference there to travion who was an extraordinary college player the fact that he has stuck that he we haven't really gotten to see either way i mean if he had played at the nfl level and had any meaningful touches and hadn't been good then we would be out but he's never really gotten a chance and yet he's one of these guys who sticks around and when you have the late round picks stick around and they start to move into a situation where maybe they have a chance. That's where you're looking for these sort of mid to late career breakout guys. Again, the ceiling is probably not the same as other types of players, but in this offense, with what the Bengals do, with the fact that we have a couple of Bengals guys there early, it's pretty appealing call. A couple other names here, Pierre Strong, that number two uh, for the Patriots, I mean, you probably like him a little better on a team that doesn't have Ramondre Stevenson, but he is a compelling name. And then the other name, like a Travion, would be Ty Chandler, one of our favorite late picks last year. Never really got the chance with the starter and the backup staying healthy and experiencing some of his own injuries. But he's someone, not quite the college player that Travion was, but after he transferred and we finally gets a good chance there at North Carolina, does a lot with it. He brings some receiving value to the table. He's got sub 4-4 four, four speed calling the guys with sub 4-4 four, four speed
1: <laughs> very fast.
2: intriguing i mean you need those big plays it can't all be about volume
1: yeah pretty pretty fast when you're in that in that range sean we have uh three quarterbacks two tight ends five running backs and that leaves us with two four six wide receivers at this particular point um are we looking here we must have a third tight end is that is that what we're looking at and then um ty chandler who you mentioned did go off the board chase brown goes off the board but we do have a variety of players in the queue and available but we're waiting on on the tight end position here but is that what we're looking at probably one wide receiver one running back one tight end as we approach these final three picks yeah i think we could be done at receiver
2: unless we have a must grab name i think we're looking at there's not
1: many must grab names that Sean at this point of the draft they are well i like i
2: like i like the names who are on our queue and so if we had a wide receiver of that caliber we'd be looking at it but i think this is either two tight end and one running back or one tight end and two running back you had mentioned the buy issue i think as long as we have somebody else there that's not a huge concern to me you just got to pick the best guy at this point that seems pretty clearly to be hunter henry it's hunter henry and you know more or less nothing are you comfortable enough to go ahead and get him so we have that covered and then we can focus on the best picks in 19 and 20
1: yeah we have a, we have quite a few running backs that we like so hopefully all we'll of those options uh hunter henry I, I also think like it was at that point where it's a you know one v one decision to to try and make and it was thought i believe the conversation it was thartner gasecki they went back to back and that was in round 14 we're in the middle around 18 now you know you Pricing everything into it when it's not one position versus the other with the same buy, I you know I'm, I'm okay to take Henry there. The tricky part is if you are in it, you know, and you're in week eleven and and Dulcidge is injured or misses that week, you're taking a zero at the the tight end position. But realistically, you know, that's eleven points. You you may miss out on the playoffs by eleven points, but you're probably not going. to. It's probably going to be more than that one when, <laughs> when it all comes down to it. How much though, Sean, are you playing? I always find a buy is something that I use as a tiebreaker more than anything, and that was kind of the tiebreaker version of both players on week eleven. By playing for the Patriots and our other tight end, with that buy, is it something that you put much emphasis on? Any emphasis on, or is it just a tiebreaker? Well, I mean, you need a draft so that you have as much
2: potential upside and and the guys there in every week that's one of the values of getting the third quarterback even though history will tell you that if you hit on the right two you don't need it the three quarterbacks that we have have different buys it's not ideal that our two star running backs and jonathan taylor and Ramondre stevenson both have that week 11 buy as well the week 11 is a, a week that for this particular squad could be a little bit tricky we would probably not want to put another week 11 buy on top of it if we have that option but it really is so crucial to pick the best players at this juncture and so that is the thing that I'm mostly emphasizing
1: yeah so we have we have quite a we have a few Patriots in there we have the Colts all week 11 by so that's Jonathan Taylor Stevenson then we have uh, the Falcons as well and Pets and Ritter and then that's Take One Thornton and Hunter Henry so there is quite a few in there but I think hopefully The rest of the weeks and the players that are available. That's the week we want those guys to to save all their points to to bring us through. And those two. So we have two selections left, Sean. Feels like, unless things change, it's going to be RBRB here as we we see things out. But there's, you know, Sean mentioned there not being a huge amount of um, wide receiver options. The names here, you know, Hunter Renfro, Josh Palmer, Paris Campbell, uh, Richie James, Robert Woods. You know, there's just not a huge amount to go around. And this, you know, Alan Robinson's all the way down there towards the bottom, Marvin Jones, McCole Hardman's in there, Tim Patrick coming back from injury with a lot of competition around him. Just a, a really challenging zone here to to be trying to, to pick up some wide receivers. So we'll see. LaVisca all the way down there. If you keep scrolling down far enough, you can find can find him there as well. Um, but yeah, it feels like the the options that are available with the, the best players are at the running back position. I'm kind of surprised that we've seen uh, Abanacanda Kanda continue to slide as far as he has here. Um, you know, D- Dwayne McBride's there. Ezekiel Elliott, Sean, where does Elliott end up? Does he end up back with the Cowboys? I, I don't think it's completely guaranteed that he
2: ends up in the NFL at all. He was so washed. XFL and the, <laughs> the USFL has the fun team names. Maybe his future is 2024. USFL. MVP. It is always a little shocking to see him available this late. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, someone who also available late here. Colin, what just happened? I feel like we lost To We could pair him
1: with Jonathan Taylor. We could have uh, Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Alaire on the one roster. So
2: Eric takes Travion one slot yeah. ahead of us in round 19. So, thoughts, Elliot and Edwards Alaire, interesting picks. But I'm mean, thinking is, is your is your preference. I like that one. That's the most fun pick. Uh,
1: I think it's the uh, Elliot has to end up somewhere, Sean. Like these these owners, they just love running backs. They, you know they they will think that they can rejuvenate him, and he'll be in the best shape of his life. So it is baffling that he is is there um well past adp I, i'll also be baffled if anyone drafts him in this particular room but yeah Kanda was the the option and i'm hoping that mcbride may slide back through around here to us we'll see what happens there but out of those guys the conversation sean really you know elliot and edwards are probably not people that are ever going to be on our boards but when you get to this point of the draft and they're still available Were you tempted to draft them there? Well, with Elliott, you have around 15 ADP. With
2: Edwards Alaire, you have around 17 ADP. I mean, that's already in the range where more or less all drafters are saying that these guys could fall through, could fall all the way out, that they're not necessarily draftable players. And I think that I would agree with that. The balance that you're trying to work here is between getting the upside and not taking such big swings that you have a lot of players who... Are more or less getting zero snaps down the stretch and one of the things that blair has done a nice job of demonstrating is that the rookies early in many ways are better than rookies late where it feels like okay well late i can take the risk it's no big deal the expectation of points from these slots are so low anyway and yet that's where if you come back and you get some of those veteran points that aren't necessarily locked in if they were locked in those players will also be going earlier but you can take some shots that are sort of interesting with veteran players at the end of drafts, I, I tend to have guys that I like enough and think have that combination of upside and talent. Where we, we've got guys who are not on our board, we have players who just because they were drafted, we wouldn't be looking at taking. And yet, when you have a player like Abanda Kanda, when you have a player like McBride, especially if the situation seems to lend itself, and I mean the, the Vikings don't have very much blocking McBride. The Jets do have sort of an interesting backfield with Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter if Brees Hall is not ready to go to start the season. And yet, the talent gap in all likelihood is so vast between a Panda Canda and those other two guys that you want to go ahead and take your shot there. So, uh, one of the things you could do is you could come back with a Zonovan Knight. You could go to a play like a Sean Tucker, someone who I mean, probably doesn't even make the team and yet is. No, more talented than anybody else they have on their depth chart a lot of different ways you can go about it here column we one pick away mcbride did go and so we're now again looking at picks that probably aren't our favorite but you can understand what the thesis would be behind them
1: yeah well pr strong somebody who's available i do think based on the week 11 by sean we should skip past him just to give us another option on that week oh. You make a pitch here, Sean. There's nothing of uh, vast excitement here. Sean Tucker maybe is is there. This was the zone, Sean. Last year we took um, we took Geno Smith in. That was a rock star for this team. So no pressure on the 20th round pick this year. But we need this pick to bring us to the finals. Who so you're not
2: you're not going with Darnold. You're not going with Gardner Minshew as that similar.
1: No, I had thought pick. about Kyle Trask as a potential option, but I. I think with our our three quarterbacks, we don't need to do that. And, and also, Kydrast did go since our 19th round pick.
2: Yeah, he goes at the twenty oh one. one Deuce Vaughn is an interesting name here. The Cowboys have absolutely nothing behind Tony Pollard, and we would not expect Until Ezekiel
1: Elliott comes back. Until Ezekiel
2: Elliott comes back.
1: Here's they the bet, have... Sean. Who scores more points for the, the Cowboys this year, Ezekiel Elliott or Deuce Vaughn? Well, I'm going and, Deuce Vaughn. And that's our pick. That's our pick, whoever it is.
2: Oh, that's the pick. You're not, you're, you're completely out on Clyde Edwards. Allaire.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> I think that's the right answer. So for <laughs> me, Deuce Vaughn, Sean Tucker, Zonovan Knight, you can get both shots at the Jets guys late, probably more fun to split those shots up between different teams. A couple of Arizona Cardinals receivers and Michael Wilson and Greg Dortch are also you know vaguely interesting at the very end at that position. But Colin, we are going to go with a Blair Andrews special select Deuce Vaughn and anticipate him being the second coming of the small electric pass-catching superstar out of Kansas State.
1: Yeah, when we look at the the Cowboys, obviously I was joking there about Elliot, and I think there is a chance that Elliot is back there. But uh, And the reason for that is they really don't have anything to Pollard and Vaughn really you know it's, it's a limited depth chart you know you mentioned Edwards Allaire and as the draft was going on I was pulling up some information and I was like do we even consider drafting him and you know we joke about about how bad of a pick that was for the Kansas City Chiefs but astonishingly just still 24 years old but you know even with just McKinnon and Pacheco ahead of him it's hard to see him like you know turn it around that he would be the lead back there in terms of what we've seen from him through his career. Like, playing for the Kansas City Chiefs with 11, a, a total of 17 touchdowns with 11 rushing touchdowns, six passing touchdowns, 1,600-yard rushing. Since he came into the NFL and basically the best offense in the entire NFL, it's, it hasn't been a good selection, Sean.
2: No, it hasn't. But I do think that he's got a <laughs> shot because Isaiah Pacheco was also not good at all. Also not and good. And Jerick McKinnon never just tired, like something. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, you've got a pretty clear path to meaningful touches in the NFL's best offense. You could see that working out, but it didn't turn out to be a pick that was enough fun to make. And Colin, I do like the guys that we got down the stretch. Again, we finish out with our last six picks. Four of them are rookie running backs. There are historical reasons to go a different direction there. And yet, Colin, if we can't hit on fun running back names late, we will not be able to effectively and justifiably carry the zero RB mantle forward.
1: Yeah. And I think like, you know, there's going to be times where it definitely won't work out for those rookies. There's some of those that you're, you know, punching tickets for, you know, it's, it's just, they're not going to get much of a shot. Some of them are going to be later picks, for example, in the NFL, some of them are behind competition, but, much more exciting than going with the names that you know that are probably just going to plod along and and probably do absolutely the likes of you know we took deuce Vaughn, joshua kelly as a pick after there's just there's picks in this range where the upside really does not (laughs) stay there for me versus what these rookies might do so sean to to run down through the roster again it is a case that we have joe burrow sam howell desmond ritter at quarterback with jonathan taylor Ramondre stevenson rashad penny Sean Johnson, Zach Evans, Abana Kanda, Vaughn at running back, and then it's T. Higgins, Chris Godwin, Jahan Dodson, Elijah Moore, Sky Moore, Taequann Thornton, Wondell Robinson at the wide receiver position, Pitts, Dolsage, and Henry at tight end. When we read through those names, Sean, the tricky part of a draft like this is when you do start it off and you get yourself you know, those running backs early, which we did in... Um, jonathan taylor Ramondre stevenson you get that tight end we talked a little bit about this you know with the best ball mania last week when we looked at you know the elite tight end with a hyper fragile start and when you draft you know an elite quarterback and then you're you're getting those non-wide receiver positions it makes it a little bit hard to fill out that wide receiver depth i think we did a nice enough job as the, the draft went along to get some of those young players have some upside potentially baked into those but there's also risks with those we mentioned the crowded wide receiver room for example with the Giants you know the New England Patriots I mentioned that there's quite a few there as well the tight ends are there there's a lot of competition so there's reasons why these things may not work out we're very positive on Elijah Moore but obviously it didn't work out last year for him he's moved teams see how that plays out so there is questions around it overall I think it's it's very balanced in how the roster has turned out you know, we'd always like the wide receivers to potentially be that little bit stronger. But the the detours we took to get you know borrow over, let's say, Justin Jefferson, and then you know, to get Jonathan Taylor and to get Ramondre Stevenson, I'm I'm pretty happy. We'll do a full breakdown of the entire draft for our team and other teams as a review show, but just general thoughts, Sean, and, and how you feel as to, to how our squad has come out here. This is more or less the dream draft, I think. And especially when you're
2: Drafting with the OT listeners, I think that looking at where we took our QB2 and QB3 is going to be interesting in the recap show. There are so many creative and I think really effective builds from the other drafters here. I think that one of the things you see in this draft that you don't necessarily see in generic rooms is that the drafters, had a sense of what they wanted to do and accomplish that whether or not it will work. I mean, only two of the 12 teams can advance. So we know 10 teams will go home with the thesis that they employed not being successful. And yet there was a thesis. And so from that perspective, I'm really impressed with what everyone did. It's a huge advantage to have that pick at the 106 and be able to do the things that we did there. But the balance on this team, the upside, the team i think that this is a, a tournament type of team so from that perspective i'm really happy with the way things turned out
1: yeah so we'll do the the breakdown we'll talk through it that'll be a bonus show that'll come out this week so hopefully everyone will enjoy that that one will be audio only it will not come out on the the road of his youtube channel so check out the podcast side of things and make sure you are subscribed that is uh, of his overtime available on all podcast platforms. Drop us a written interview and your favorite podcast app. We would appreciate that greatly. If you're signing up over at rotoviz.com to use the tools, you want to use a promo code to save yourself 10%. Why wouldn't you? You can use the code RVRadio2023 at checkout. Save yourself 10%. Get access to all the content and tools, including Sean's work that is available there. That's where you can find all Sean's articles that come out. Each and every week then we'll discuss a little bit here on the shows but again rv radio 2023 thank you for tuning in thank you for listening along as we drafted hopefully you have enjoyed our player thoughts as we move through it here we will be back with much more shows in the coming weeks in the coming days so make sure again as always you are subscribed to road overtime and until we are back have a good one